And let's bring in our first guest today, this Monday morning. Paul Nolte joins us from Kingsview to have a look at what's playing out here in terms of financial markets. Paul, welcome. Good to have you with us to start the week. I just mentioned how we've got a busy week ahead, but the primary focus this week is going to be the Fed and the announcement Wednesday. Yeah, it is. And that's one of the things that the markets are going to be looking at. We've been quiet. It's been the, during the quiet period now, so we haven't had comments from the Fed officials. The last big one, obviously, as you highlighted, was uh, Jerome Powell at uh, uh, Jackson Hole. So now we're looking at probably a 75 basis point hike. I doubt they're going to go 100. I think that'll spook the markets here. We are still in that window, though, of longer uh, rate hikes that really haven't hit the economy yet. We just got the first hike in March. We're three percentage points higher inside of six months. And as you know, the monetary policy operates with a lag, and we're just now starting to feel the impacts from March. So I think the Fed is going to go 75 basis points. They may go again in uh, November, just ahead of the election. We'll have to see what the economic data looks like at that point. Paul, we're looking at the one-minute candles here, and you can see the uh, selling throughout the overnight session, again, down to 38.46. Now, still a couple hundred points above that June low at 36.39, as I've been pointing out, but you mentioned that selling in terms of Fed Chair Jerome Powell, the high conviction trade lower we saw. That's what we were kind of pointing out last week from a technician's kind of perspective, some of the conviction we've seen to the downside characteristic of bear market-type trends. But uh, again, to that point, we are still holding up above the June lows, though. Uh, for now, yes, you're right. So, it, again, the Fed meeting itself and the commentary coming out of uh, the Fed meeting, not that important. The press conference is going to be huge. Okay. And what Powell has to say is really going to be moving. In terms of November and December, what's coming and headed down our way next? Exactly. Okay. And I think really what you're going to see is, a, again, a very volatile market all week and probably even heading into the weekend. We typically get a big knee-jerk move on the announcement day. We tend to get an opposite move the following day once the market's digested. But we're on a hiking cycle, and by all indications, they're not going to be changing anytime soon. Speaking of not changing anytime soon, how about this trend in the U.S. dollar? I mean, I want to talk about the pound, the yen, and the euro currency in just a second, but the greenback... First and foremost, we're talking uh, just 30 ticks off the 110 handle. And here you can see, I mean, these are 20-year highs we're talking about. Uh, I mean, a reflection of what we've been hearing from the Fed and that really kind of conviction, the, uh, you know, resolve that they've had towards combating inflation and ultimately, you know, um, you know, strength in the U.S. dollar as well and kind of weakness in the, in I'm sorry, strength in the labor market here in the U.S. and weakness in the indices all kind of uh, factored into what we're seeing here with that run up to 110.78 recently, uh, just a week or so ago. No, you're right. And that's, and that's where the, the U.S. comes out looking much better than many international uh, economies. The ECB has only raised 75 basis points. We've already done that, too, on our way to three times. We're a lot more aggressive about raising rates. Bank of Japan hasn't done much of anything. Part of the reason why the yen is so weak at this point, it's down 30-some percent from its highs. The dollar has been actually a benefit to the U.S. in keeping our inflation rates a little bit better than what we're seeing in the Eurozone. Eurozone's running at 9%. We're running a little less than 8 core about six. So again, we're looking much better and that's getting translated into the dollar. The higher interest rates here in the US versus international currencies and international economies has been another benefit to the dollar. So until things turn around and other 
central banks get to be a little bit more aggressive and inflation starts to come down globally, I think you're going to still see a very strong dollar here. I just uh, want to provide a couple of visuals to Paul's points there. You just mentioned rates, the upside strengthening the U.S. dollar. We've seen that. Paul, while you were speaking to the points there, we talked or we showed the ECB a reflection of with the euro currency selling off, the Bank of Japan uh, with the yen selling off. Here again, to your point, rates the TNX to 3.5% as we begin the week, but also the British pound. We'll hear from the Bank of England this week as well and uh, expectations that they're going to raise rates. But look at the currency there. I mean, with the energy crisis they're dealing with, some of the uncertainty in terms of, I mean, you have the Queen's funeral as we speak right now, the new prime minister. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons to not be bullish some of these foreign currencies, specifically the pound here as well, Paul. Yeah, and I think if you're really taking a look at the markets, one of the analysis that we did over the last couple of weeks was taking a look at emerging markets and when is a good time to be in the international markets very broadly. And it's when the dollar is weaker, not a big surprise. But you get most of your return in the international markets when the dollar is on the decline. So as long as the dollar is strong from an investor's perspective, that strength begins strength and you should be staying in the domestic markets and away from the international markets more broadly based. So we'd like to see the dollar weaken here. We'd like to see the dollar come down below at least a 50 or 200 day moving average before we get to be a lot more interested in the international markets broad based. That goes for the currencies as well. So obviously as the dollar strengthens, internet, the other currencies are weaker. So we'd like to see that trend turn around and until it does, uh, you're better off in the domestic market. Paul, lastly, and we're looking at the dollar here since 2008 from 71 up to, again, we just mentioned that 110 handle, so it has been strong. And, again, a reflection of your uh, comments there. If we could just uh, finish with, uh, lastly, if there's anything that we haven't touched on here, we mentioned, uh, again, in terms of some of the focal points this week, we've got currencies, we've got rates, obviously, front and center. I, I mentioned the top of the show, Bitcoin right now, down around 5%. I mean, what else are you dialed in on this Monday morning in terms of ecodata and some of the other focal points? Yeah, really. I mean, the housing data is going to be interesting to us because that's a 40% input into the CPI numbers. Okay. So, uh, housing strength is going to be important. We're looking at high yield spreads. They're starting to widen a little bit, but still well below the June highs. Uh, the the uh, Fed's balance sheet is something else. Once a week, though, that comes out. Uh, that is really not coming down much. It's strong maybe about a percent and a half off of the highs. So again, we're looking at yield spreads and high yield spreads, the 1020s, still more negative. Uh, it is an indication to us that financial stresses are just not there yet. There are room, there's room for the Fed to continue to be aggressive mm. on the Well, we saw that in terms of uh, uh, the jobs numbers last week on Thursday. It seems to be that uh, labor remains very strong, something to focus on here and a great start to the week. Always appreciate you joining us, Paul Nolte. Uh, from Kingsview Investment Management and, uh, well, Paul also uh, joining us from Kingsview Wealth Management as well. Thanks to you, Paul. Uh, pleasure.